0: from Interviews with Former Slaves, Volume 11, North Carolina Narratives, Part 1, by Various. Ex-Slave Story, an interview on May 20th, 1937, with Charlie Barber, 86, of Smithfield, North Carolina, Johnston County. I belong to Mr. Bob Lumsford, here in Smithfield, from the time of my birth, my mammy was named Candace, and my pappy's name was Seth. My brothers was Rufus, William, and George, and my sisters was Mary and Laura. It reminds me of the days when, as a youngin', I played marbles and hide-and-seek. There wasn't many games then, case nobody ain't had no time for em. The grown folks had dances and sometimes cone shuckings and the little niggers patted their feet at the dances and they helped to shuck the cone. At Christmas, we had a big dinner and from then through New Year's Day, we feast and we dance and we sing. The first one was said Christmas gift to anybody else got a gift, so of course, We all tried to catch the master. On the night for the first of January, we had a dance would last all night. At midnight, when the new year comes in, master makes a speech and we is happy that he thanks us for our years work and says that we is good, smart slaves. Master worked his niggers from daylight to dark and his 13 grown slaves had to tend about 300 acres of land. Of course, they mostly planted corn, peas, and vegetables. I can remember though, I was small, that the slaves was whipped for disobeying, and I can think of several that I got. I was doing housework at the time, and one of the silver knives got misplaced. They accused me of misplacing it on purpose. So I got the worst beating that I ever had. I was beat then till the hide was busted here and there. We little ones had some time to go swimming and we did. We also fished. And at night we hunted the possum and the coon sometimes. Old Uncle Jim's had some hounds what would run possums or coons and he used to take we boys along with him. I remembers once the hounds struck a trail and they tree a coon. Uncle Gene sends Joe, who was bigger than I was, up the tree to catch the coon. And he warns him that coons him fighting fellas. Joe don't pay much mind. He am so happy to get the chance to catch the coon. But when he catch the coon, he couldn't turn loose and from the way he holler, you would suppose that he ain't never wanted to catch a coon. When Joe Barber was buried here last winter, them coon marks was still strong on his arms and hands, and there was the long scar on his face. I members once a Yankee omen from New York looks at him and nigh about faints. I reckon, says she, that ain't what the cruel slave owner or driver done to her. Yes, ma'am. I knows when the Yankees come to Smithfield. They come with the beating of drums and the waving of flags. They says that our governor was here making a speech, but he flew for they got here. Anyhow, we lived off from the main path of March, and so we ain't been troubled so much except by scootin' parties, as my old missus call 'em. They am the darnest you'll ever see. They won't eat no hog meat, except hams and shoulders, and they goes to the smokehouse and gets them without no permission. They has what they calls ramming rods to their guns, and they knock the chickens in the head with that. I heard them say that there war not no use wastin' powder on them chickens. They went over the neighborhood stealing and killing stock. I heard about them catching a the pig, cutting off his hams, and leaving him there alive. They found all the things we didn't hid. Not that I thinks that they'm witches, but that they has a money ride. And sides that, some of the slaves told them where master had hid the things. Yes, um, I reckon I was glad to get free case I knows then that I won't wake up some morning to find that my mammy or some of the rest of my family and them sold. I left the day I heard about the surrender and I fared right good too. Do I knows them what ain't farin' so well? I ain't never learned to read and write and I knows now that I never will. I can't even write a letter to Raleigh about my old man's pension. I remember the days when Mammy wore a blue handkerchief round her head and cooked in the great house. She sometimes sneaked me a cookie or a cobbler and fruits. She had her own little garden and a few chickens, and we would have been happy, except that we were scared of being sold. I's glad that slavery is mobile, because now the nigger has got a chance to live and learn with the whites. They will not never be as good as the whites, but they can learn to live and enjoy life more. Speaking about the Ku Klux, they ain't do nothing but scare me back in 69. But if we had some now, I thinks that some of these young niggers would as forgot what they mammies told them would do better. End of section 14. Read by Quincy Minor, Austin, Texas, April thirteenth, two thousand twenty two.